Over 450 years ago, there lived a nobleman who held a very important position in the Spanish royal court. He was the chief advisor to the king who held him in high regard, for the king's counselor was so wise and knowledgeable that there wasn't any matter on which the king did not seek his advice. For many years, the counselor served his king faithfully, but as he grew older, he felt his duties becoming increasingly difficult, so he asked the king to allow him to retire. My dear friend, replied the king, if you can find me someone who is as gifted as you, as capable as replacing you, I will gladly release you from your duties. The counselor had no choice but to stay on as he was unable to find a suitable replacement. One day, the counselor suddenly fell ill, Loyalenu. The king immediately ordered his own personal physician to treat his dear beloved counselor. But the doctor's efforts seemed to be in vain. The counselor's condition grew worse from day to day until he seemed to be at the end of his 120 years, Rahman al-Atzlan. The king then sadly sent for his personal galach, the priest, to hear the counselor's last confession, for he had been a devout Catholic all his life, as that was the official religion of Spain. Cardinal entered the room of the dying man, lit candles, and asked everyone else to leave. Finally, after the cardinal had carried out all he wished to do, he took a last look at the counselor, whom he also admired and loved, and left the room looking very sad. The doctor re-entered the room, expecting his patient to breathe his last at any moment. But to his unbelieving eyes, the doctor beheld a different person. The unconscious counselor was actually moving his lips as if he was whispering a prayer. Beads of sweat ran down his pale face, and his breathing began to deepen. He opened his eyes and asked for a drink of water. From then on, the patient began to make an amazing recovery. He got better each day, and after a few days was even able to get out of bed. The king visited his counselor and told him how relieved and delighted he was that his dear friend and counselor had recuperated in such a wonderful manner. When the counselor was eventually fully recovered, he sent word to the cardinal, asking him to come and visit. The cardinal came promptly, and the counselor said to him, First of all, my dear cardinal, I wish to thank you for praying for me when the doctors had given up all hope of my recovery. If my prayers helped, replied the cardinal, I am sure it was due to the fact that you had served the king and our country so loyally for so many years. Yes, said the counselor, but I have a distinct feeling that your prayers in particular helped me, especially a short, strange prayer, not in Latin, not in our Spanish tongue, which I heard you say repeatedly.
cardinal's face turned pale, and he started to stammer, saying, The Almighty accepts prayers in any language. It's, it's only important that the intention be sincere and the prayer come from the heart. The counselor, however, persisted. I'm especially curious to know what that prayer was which you repeatedly whispered into my ear. Was it some form of magic spell? God forbid, exclaimed the cardinal. So what was it then? questioned the counselor. There are certain things which a clergyman has to keep secret, answered the cardinal. That is just an excuse. You must tell me the truth, demanded the king's counselor. But the cardinal remained silent. Listen, my friend, said the counselor. When I lay there unconscious, my soul hovering between this life and the next, the prayer that I heard you recite sank into my brain. I had never heard such a prayer from you before, but I had heard the same words come from the lips of those secret Jews, the Moranos, as they were being burned at the stake. With their last breath, they called out the same words that I heard you say, Shema Yisroel, Hashem Elekeinu, Hashem Echad. The cardinal remained silent, but he listened intently as the counselor continued, I have given this matter much thought. I have come to the conclusion that you are one of the Maranos. Not only are you secretly practicing the Jewish religion, but at the same time you dishonor the priestly cloth you are wearing. The cardinal's face turned white. The counselor pressed home his point. As you know, it is the duty of every true Catholic to inform the Spanish Inquisition of any suspicious behavior of the Maranos, the secret Jews who are supposed to be practicing Catholics, but secretly continue to live in the faith of their ancestors. If you will tell me the whole truth and promise that from now on you will behave as a true Catholic should, then I will not inform about you to the Inquisition. Cardinal remained silent for a few moments. Then he replied, Yes, it is true. I come from a family of secret Jews. When I was twelve years old, my father told me this secret. He told me that in one year's time I would be bar mitzvah, and from then on would be obligated to carry out all of the mitzvahs of an adult Jew. He warned me about the terrible danger in which secret Jews have to live in Spain under the watchful eyes of the agents and the spies working for the Inquisition. But, he said, we were Jews, and we had to face this danger. He told me that he himself would prepare me for my bar mitzvah. This he did every day in a secret room in the cellar of our house, where we spent one hour in the morning and one hour at night. It was there that I began to put on tefillin. Later, when I turned 15 years of age, my father enrolled me as a student in the Royal Seminary for the priesthood. He explained that as a priest, I would have an opportunity to help my Jewish brothers. I would have free access to every home and every family without arousing suspicion. 
I would therefore have the opportunity to encourage my Jewish brothers and sisters to keep firm their Jewishness as much as possible. There would also be the possibility of my winning the confidence of the inner circle of the Inquisition, where I could do even more to help my Jewish brothers and sisters, warning those who are under suspicion or about to be caught in the clutches of the wicked Inquisition. And all of this, in fact, I was actually able to accomplish many times during these many years. Baruch Hashem, the Almighty, protected me from all danger. But whatever gave you the idea to whisper the Shema Yisrael in my ear? asked the counselor. Did you perhaps think that I too might be a Marano, a secret Jew? No, I had no reason to believe this at all. But it has been my practice when called upon to administer the last rites to whisper the Shema Yisrael in the ear of the dying person for several reasons. First, unfortunately, the practice of Judaism by Jews who have been forced to convert has become gradually weakened. It's not easy to know who is or is not a secret Jew. Therefore, I decided that if I whisper this prayer to one who is not a convert, but a born Christian, they would not know what it was, and they would be none the worse for hearing it. But if the dying person was in fact a Jew, the holy words of the Shema might awaken the Jewish spark and a feeling of tshuva in the last moment of their life, and then they would feel that they are dying as a Jew. Both men were now silent, lost in their own thoughts, until the counselor spoke. I am sure you have told me the truth. However, are you now prepared to forget everything and behave from this point forward as a true Christian priest? If not, I have no choice but to put you in the hands of the Inquisition. I beg you, do not force me to do this. This I cannot and will not promise, replied the Cardinal. You do what you have to do, and I will do what I must. I am ready to give my life for my Jewish faith, as did my forebears who died at the stake with the Shema on their lips. A feeling of great inner joy filled the heart of the royal counselor. He jumped up and embraced the cardinal. That's exactly what I was hoping to hear from you, said the counselor with great emotion. You are astonished at my behavior. So listen to what I am going to tell you. I know now I can trust you. I, too, was born a Jew. My parents were Maranos like your own parents. But my parents died when I was a very small child. And I was brought up by my uncle, who had an important position in the royal court. Just before my thirteenth birthday, my uncle told me the secret that I was a Jew. He arranged for a teacher to prepare me secretly for my bar mitzvah, but it was here that my Jewish education ended. Later, as I had distinguished myself as a highly educated young nobleman, the king appointed me to take over the position of royal counselor, which had been left open after my uncle's death. From then on, I became further and further detached from Jewishness and soon forgot entirely that I had ever been a Jew. When I became unwell, 
continued the counselor. I felt that my days were numbered. My neshama would soon go away from my guf, and I would have to appear before the Bezdin Shalmaila, the heavenly court, to give an accounting of my life. I remembered then that I was a Jew, and I felt so troubled and confused. How could I have wasted all these years of my life? If there was only some way that I could die as a Jew, I would die peacefully with the holy words of Shema on my lips. But try as I might, the words would not come to my mind. Then suddenly, as if I was dreaming, I heard those elusive words, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eleikeinu, Hashem Echad. My whole being became alive again. Such a sweet feeling. I made a vow then that if the Abishta would spare me and let me live, I would return to my Jewish faith with all of my heart and soul. Now, my dear friend and brother, you can well understand how grateful I am to you that you have saved my life and my neshama. The king's counselor paused to compose himself. He was overcome and barely managed to hold back his tears. Then he continued, Words cannot express my gratitude, but I hope I can do more than that in return. Now that Hashem has helped me get well, I began to search for a way to fulfill my promise to him. I thought of a plan that would enable us both finally to throw off this hateful disguise and to live as Jews openly, without fear, except, of course, the fear of Hashem. Would you be interested in such a plan? Yes, exclaimed the cardinal. It would make me the happiest man alive. Not the happiest, corrected the counselor. One of the happiest. I would be the other. Here's my plan. I will go before the king and tell him that at the height of my sickness, when I felt that my end had come, I made a solemn vow that if the Almighty would spare me, I would settle in the Holy Land to spend my remaining years in seclusion and holiness. I feel certain that the king will give me permission to fulfill my vow. And then I will ask him for a special favor, to allow you, my dear friend, to join me, to be my spiritual mentor and teacher in my old age. So what do you say to my plan? Do you agree? And the cardinal, of course, agreed. Within weeks, all of the preparations were completed. The king did everything possible to see that his two loyal friends, the cardinal and the counselor, left the shores of Spain with great honor, well provided with all of their needs. After a long and exciting voyage, they arrived in the Holy Land and settled in Sfas. At that time, the Holy Land was under the rule of the Ottoman Turks, who were Muslims. In the Ottoman Empire, Jews could practice their religion. Therefore, the former royal counselor and the cardinal of Spain could start a new life here, a life of taita, mitzvahs, and good deeds. They particularly devoted themselves to helping other Jews come to the Holy Land and return to the Jewish fold as free, loyal, and proud Jews like themselves. 